Welcome to the Adoption Discovery Podcast. Your host, Bridget Badley, is the founder of AdoptionDiscovery.org, a national nonprofit helping people adopt for zero dollars and in less than nine months. Join us for real support, real help, and real answers to your adoption questions. Welcome today. I am talking with Mike Berry. He's an author, a podcaster, a family consultant, and trauma educator. He's based out of Indianapolis, Indiana, and he and his wife, Kristen, are co-founders of the Honestly Adoption Company. You may have heard their podcast, or you may have run across them in your adoption circles, but they provide parent-to-parent support and transformational education to help parents thrive and build lifelong trust and connection with their children They have written eight books, which just blows me away. That's a full-time job right there. Um, And they are also co-host of, as I said, the Honestly Adoption podcast, and they have listeners in 65 different countries. They receive more than 25,000 downloads each month, and they are parents of eight children and all through adoption and the caretakers of a slew of animals on a beautiful farm in central Indiana. Welcome, Mike. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm catching you in between feeding times at the farm, so I'm going to make it quick because I don't want anybody <laughs> to get up to that if they didn't get their dinner. Um, so there's a couple things that I want to ask you on behalf of people that are considering adoption. So I want you to put yourself in the mindset of a long time ago before you started this whole process. And did you, I, I know that this is going to be weird, but did you ever have conversations with yourself about adoption or foster children or parenting before you were married to Kristen and before you guys went off on this adventure? Like, was there ever a self-talk conversation about adoption? No, not at all. Before uh, before Kristen and I uh, met one another and then eventually uh, got married, we I had no I never thought about it. In fact, the only experience with foster care and adoption I had was that I, I went to school. I remember being in elementary school and, and, and there was a kid in my class who was in foster care. And wow. I, just, I remember thinking, huh, what's that all about? And somebody else in the class said, well, he doesn't live with his, his parents. He lives at somebody else's house. And that was it. That was the end of the conversation. And that's what wow. I carried with me all the way till I was early 20s. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about in your early 20s. Then what was the next conversation? <laughs> yeah. So the next conversation I would say when it comes to foster care and adoption was Kristen saying to me, I think right before we got married, saying, I think we should adopt all of our children. And I remember this because I was sitting, we were sitting in my Pontiac Firebird, the 90s, uh, on our college campus, I think it was like November or December, it was, it was bitter cold outside. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> because, because I, you know, my whole childhood growing up, everything was traditional, you know, I mean, it was the old fashioned way, everybody uh, was born into their family biologically. And so I had no concept of what that meant or why we would, we would do that. 
Um, and so that was an interesting conversation. So that was the next conversation we had. And, you know, it, it was, I remember that uh, very, very clearly thinking there's no way. And it wasn't because I was against it. It's just because I didn't understand it. Right. You know, right. that's the biggest thing. That, and that I hear that a lot because people, um, even I, before I volunteered and got into this whole world of adoption and foster care, like I didn't have a clue. I didn't know what foster children were. Yeah. I didn't know there was a group home three miles from my home. Um, I had yeah. no yeah. idea what that was about. And I even went, I think in, in the far back of my mind I thought foster kids were juvenile delinquents like that was not my yeah I just didn't yeah. get it like I, I was clueless so um yeah. it doesn't surprise me when the rest of the world says they're clueless but I think that's kind of what yeah. I now am being given this task of educating people right so and when, I think it's because I think it's because you know we live in a world that's you know it's, we know this that media in particular uh, only tell often only tells the the the, the headline maker you know right. the the bad stories and so right. I think that you you tend it, it it makes sense why people who are not actively involved in the adoption and foster care journey why they would have that perspective because we live in a world that tends to put a spotlight on the bad stories the hard stories you know the the headline makers and so it 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 makes sense you know why people, why I would have that misconception, why you would have what you had that misconception at one point. So it, it totally makes sense, but you're right. I mean, this is why we have these conversations because the truth about foster care and adoption is so much bigger, so much deeper, and really so much more beautiful than what a lot of the storylines want you to believe out right. there, you know? Right. Well, let's talk about that. So if someone is saying, and I've interviewed people that were foster children and when they mm -hmm. were introduced to the idea of adopting a foster child, they even themselves had pushback. So talk to me about how you came through that process of deciding with Kristen, okay, we're going to foster or we're going to adopt or what does this look like for us? Like, what was your first introduction? Yeah. Was it somebody else that had um, gone through the system or was it, um, I mean, tell me, tell me what your introduction was to it. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I grew up as a, as a person who I, I would personally subscribe to the way I thought things should go, right? Like I was a big believer that what's well, got to go this way because so-and-so does it this way and, or it's always been done this way. And that's the way I thought about, you know, growing a family, having a family. And I, 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 I kind of had a death grip on that. You know, like this is the way it's supposed to be. And actually you just said exactly what, what the, the moment of transformation was for me. I met uh, a couple of people at different times over a, probably a year, a year's time mm -hmm. who looked at me and said, basically they, they had adopted, they had chosen the, the path of adoption. And I think previously to that foster care as they, before they had children biologically. Mm. And it was, it was really one of those moments where I thought, huh, interesting. You know, again, I wasn't against it. Right. Just, I just didn't understand it. Didn't understand it. And, yeah. and so I, I, I looked at, I, I peered into these people's lives and journeys and I thought, well, you know what, if, if that's, if that's the case, then 
I think that was the moment that my heart began to change. You know, my my perspective began to change. I began my I describe life, you know, particularly the last 20 some years of my life as one big journey of letting go. And what I mean by that is um, these ideals, these these um, pathways that I thought had to be the way we go or had to be the definition of life. I've, I'm learning that I need to let go because there's something, there's a bigger story being written. There's a bigger journey to go on. And I think that's, that describes, you know, the journey that I personally had with foster care and adoption, because now almost 20 years into this, I look back and I wouldn't change any of it. I wouldn't change anything, anything good, bad, messy, hard, you name it, because uh, I'm learning to let go and I'm still learning to let go because what I think needs to be the way it needs to go is not is rarely the best way to go. <laughs> I could say it like that. So, so that's really, and, and once that, you know, once my, it's funny because my, right before I, I got on this interview with you, my firstborn daughter, who is now, who's approaching 20 years old, um, was here at the house at the farm with me, with the little boy that she nannies. And, you know, I, I remember, and, and she's holding this precious little baby and I, I had that moment where I thought, I remember holding you as a precious oh. newborn baby. And there's no way, there's no way you could, you, there's, there, you're, there's no going back. Right. When you right. hold, when you hold a, a, a precious little girl in your arms, as I did nearly 20 years ago with my daughter, um, she, we adopted her at birth. And the moment she was born, she was placed in our arms and I fed her for the first time. Kristen changed her for the first time and that was it. There's never, never again, was there a, now there may have been a, there may have been some moments where I thought, ah, maybe we should rethink this, especially when we got into the foster care journey, right? Or this is too much, but never would I, would I say we shouldn't be doing this. Let's, let's go back. There was no turning back. Yeah. I think that's the title of your new book, Journey of Letting Go. I'm sorry. I'll just. Oh yeah. I like that. Yeah. There's a lot. That's a deep. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of chapters there to unpack. Um, yeah, totally. So, so talk to me about what were some of the questions that you had with each other, you and Kristen, before you decided to adopt? Like, I'm sure that you, you know, you meet a couple people, you guys have this conversation in the cold in the Pontiac, and then all of a sudden you're you're really having the conversation. So what were the initial questions that you guys had to each other and maybe to other people about what this looked like for your family? Well, in the, in the beginning, it was just the two of us. And so what I, what I came to realize really quick is like, this is, you know, we had a newborn um, just like we would, um, you know, had we, had we chosen to start a family biologically and I think the biggest question, you know, the one, the one that really comes to mind, and this is actually, I think, a question that a lot of people have is, do I have what it takes to love this child? Do I have what it takes to, and then some people will say, and we've ha- I've had people say to me, I don't know if I could love a child that is not biological, right? Right. I've, ha- I've had people ask me that question. That was not really a question I asked as much, mm-hmm. um, but I did have this question of, can, can I can I do this? Right. Can I, can I give this, this child 
the love and the care that he or she needs. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I think that Kristen and I asked that question in different ways. Mm. Mine was, mine was birthed out of a fear that I would fail. You know, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a very driven person. I always have been. Um, when, when I've had an idea or a vision or a dream to do something or felt called to do something, there's nothing that will stop me. I mean, I, you know, I've had people say to me, well, you know what, when you run out of money or you realize it's not for you, you don't, then you just do something different. That's not the way I am. I'm always like, no, 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 no. we're going to do this. We're going to see. That's how the honesty adoption company, Started. that's why it's in existence today because against all odds, I started something from scratch with no, not a penny to my name and I refuse to give up. Right. Right. And so for me, it's like, I don't want to, I, I, I don't want to be a storyline um, that I've heard so often, you know, that, you know, a parent checks out, a parent can't do it, you know, and, and, and gives up. And I didn't want to, I didn't want that to be me. And, you know, what I've realized over the years is that it's not a, it's not a question of, you know, heart capacity, as I like to say it. I just said that in an interview a couple of weeks ago, a radio spot and radio interview, not a, not a question of, of, your heart's capacity. It's a question of willingness. Are you willing to, to take this step? Are you willing to say, open yourself up to this journey? And that was really the question that I had to answer. Like, it's not a matter of my, uh, we, we have been given, it's a God-given trait that we have, we have the ability to love endlessly. We really do, right. you know, as human beings. I hear It really comes down to will, you know, and, and to... Yeah. Um, you know, am I, am I willing to do this and drive? Am I, do I have the drive to do this? You know, the, 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 for the long haul. So for like an entrepreneur, you may start a business and it may fail and start another business and it may fail. But if you fail in this business, this is your family. Like this is your family, your business is your family. So um, it's a, it's a little bit more of a, um, I don't know, um, it's the drive has to be there on another, another whole level. But, you know, I hear biological parents uh, sometimes when they're, they've had their first child and they're thinking about having a second child and they literally will in that moment say, um, I don't know if I can love another child the way I loved our first child. Like, you know, you just, you question your capacity um, for your heart to be able to be that open because it is parenting in general it's the hardest thing anybody will ever do. But I think mm-hmm. that once you sign up for it and once you go for it, then you're constantly questioning your ability. Um, you're like, Oh God, you know, can I do this? Can I do this right? Can I do this? Well, yeah. um, so it's a, it's a, and I think that's with both biological and adoptive, but especially when you're going through the process. Um, I think when you're going through the process and you're making the decision of how you're going to build your family. So that's another set of questions, but um, we're primarily speaking today to people that are considering adoption. They're thinking about it. They're very Mm -hmm. serious about this process, whether they already have biological children, they may already have foster children in their home. They may already have adopted children in their home, but they're having that thought of, okay, do I wanna do this for the first time? Do I wanna do it again? How do I do this? So what do you think um, are questions that 
potential adopters should ask themselves before moving forward. If, if you think that they have, that God has equipped us with the, the heart capacity, what are some mm -hmm. other questions maybe they should be asking themselves whether they are, should be moving forward to have children at all? Yeah, that's a great question. And the hands down in my, in terms of what I, what I believe out of my journey, I think the most important question that prospective adoptive or foster parents should be asking themselves is, do I, do I have a working understanding of how a child's trauma history has impacted the way they see the world around them, the way that they behave, um, the way that they, um, the, the ability to attach in healthy ways. Because what I know now and all of my research and all of my um, years and years and years of sitting experience, yeah, sitting at the feet of world-renowned um, medical therapeutic experts is, oh my goodness, if I knew in 2002 what I know now, a lot, a whole world would have changed for me. Um, so that's actually we would one not of have questions. What, yeah. what do you wish you had known before you adopted that you now know? It, how, how a child's trauma history impacts their behavior and how changing my response mm -hmm. to behaviors, because I understand where they're coming from, builds healthy attachment. That is, that's why the Honesty Adoption Company exists, because we realize, oh my gosh, if someone would have told us um, how childhood trauma can uh, can uh, impact a child's life, uh, how if I could understand uh, what that trauma history has done to this child, how it's rewired their brain, uh, how it's caused them to react to certain things that may mean nothing to me, but means everything to this child. Um, understanding that grasping that and then realizing okay this is not a, a quote bad kid behaving badly this is a child who has experienced chronic trauma to the point that it has rewired their thinking and the way they interact with the world and in turn i can i can respond to that child with compassion instead of contempt mm -hmm. it changes everything that changes everything okay. i mean that is what i wish parents were asking themselves do i know Listen, I, you can you can know nothing about about parenting, but if you know if you have a working understanding of trauma 101, um, and what trauma really looks like, how it really really manifests itself, that's what you need to know going into this. No question. Some of our parents don't even understand um, the word trauma. So a lot yeah. of times we'll have people say, well, we want to adopt a newborn because there's been no trauma. Um, mm. You have adopted False. lots of different ages. <laughs> so, and, you, and you've educated yourself because I know um, that you've listened to lots of uh, professionals and experts that have mm -hmm. given their opinion on um, things that happen in utero and things that happen before that child is placed in your arms or things that happen afterwards. So. Talk to me a little bit about, or talk to that parent that is mm -hmm. thinking, what trauma? Like, you know, yeah. just because I adopted them, 
that's not traumatic. Like I, mm. I hear a lot of people say that and I want to go, whoa, 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 hold on. Wait yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of, and we'll say, there's a lot of classes you should attend before you move forward. <laughs> absolutely. So give me your thoughts. You on know, that. yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when we, we spend a lot of our time training uh, parents on understanding trauma um, and that where we always start is we always start with our own trauma history because all of us have some level of a trauma history. So what we always do with parents is we always say, listen, we wanna start with this understanding, this foundational understanding. Every, every human being experiences trauma. Mm -hmm. Now, by definition, it's acute trauma, which means you know, it could be a scary one-time event, it could be a car accident, it could be major surgery, it could be the loss of a loved one, you name it, right? But everybody has experienced something and we'll always go down a list and then we'll look at the audience and say, okay, now I'm willing to bet that you probably marked down one or more of these instances we just mentioned. And then we begin to walk parents through how that has impacted them, right? Now, some, some may say, listen, I was in a car accident like 20 years ago. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't have an, a, a, an impact on me. I still drive every day. But if I ask that parent to go back in their mind to that moment, mm -hmm. they often will have a very distinct reaction to that. You know, they can, they can articulate how it felt. They can articulate like what, what their, their, their thoughts were. Mm -hmm. um, it had some type of reaction. Now that's an acute traumatic experience. So you take, the, you take that, that reality that all of us have experienced trauma we all have a, a reaction, our amygdala, our body's alarm system is triggered. It overrides our prefrontal cortex. We end up in survival mode. That's especially true when you're talking about car accidents, mm -hmm. things like that. But eventually when we calm back down, our amygdala calms back down and we move back into the prefrontal cortex and we're calm, right? We're, at, we're regulated. Now take that reality and translate it over to a child who has been through months and months or years of abuse mm -hmm. or weeks upon weeks upon weeks of neglect right. or um, bounce from foster home to foster home. They stay constantly. It's a revolving door of, of people, right? Mm -hmm. You start to realize, oh, wow. If, if I have, if my body could have this reaction to this particular life event, this acute traumatic experience, right then this child who's gone through this over and over again, you start to realize, wow, their, their amygdala has, has flipped so many times that it's rewired how they react to certain things, how they see the world around them. So the child who's often in survival mode, it clear, this clearly explains that, that particular child, that they've gone through something so repeated so, so often that it, it's rewired their brain. And when we explain it like that to parents who, who are just getting into this or have never really thought about this, you begin to see the light bulbs going off, right? Like, oh, wait a second. I remember, I remember that scary event when I was a child right? and how that, that, and how that made me skittish in the dark, yeah. right? Or it made yeah. me, I, I lived through a tornado. And so every time those clouds start to gray up and lightning starts to strike, my body has a reaction to that. 
the story I often tell is in 2013, I went to Gary, Indiana. I live in Indiana. I went to Gary, Indiana to film a mini documentary with a film crew. And we were in this really, really economically depressed area. And while we were scouting out this particular film location, we witnessed people from the neighborhood vandalizing our vehicles. And it triggered something in me to the point that you fast forward seven years later, I was flying into Chicago Midway Airport. And as I approached the, as our, we approached the airport, I looked down out of my plane window and we were right above that very location where we scouted it. And my body had a reaction to that. I began to feel anxious and I couldn't explain it other than that my body kept the score of that traumatic event. And when you explain things like that and you translate that over to a child who's gone through repeated trauma, abuse, neglect, um, scary situations, um, bounce from home to home to home, right? Um, malnutrition, lack of food, list goes on and on and on. Then the light bulbs go off. Okay, that makes sense. I understand how this has rewired this child's brain. Right. Yeah. So talk to me about now that you know what you know about mm -hmm. all the things you've been educated on with your experience. Um, mm -hmm. You know your relationship with Kristen. Tell me when you guys are encountering potential adoptive parents, is there a personality type or is there a uh, character trait or value or something that you think makes a person able or better able to be an adoptive parent or a foster parent? Um, you know, I can think of a few things just in my dealings, but you know, um, patience is one, but, <laughs> yeah. but there's a long list. So is there anything that you feel is like super important that when they're evaluating themselves as potentially adopting that they should make sure that both them and their partner has that, that ability or that skill set or that value yeah. before they move forward? Yeah. So openness. And what I mean by that is, are you open to not just the situations you may deal with? I mean, that's going to come regardless of whether you're open or not, because a child's trauma history, um, they're, they're not a blank slate coming into your house. Right. Right. So it's not about that. It's about, are you open to learning about this child and their journey? Um, and, and not necessarily the nitty gritty, why did you end up in foster care? It's, it's what happened to you that has caused you to behave this way, right? Or to, to function this way. And I'm not saying this is a, a question you ask a child, but right. stepping back and saying, okay, I need to learn what I, I'm seeing this behavior, right? And I need to learn more about this. I think, you know, I encounter people often who have this, they're not open to the reality that, that this child's behavior is a result of trauma, right? They're closed, they're closed down and they're, they're locked into this child just wants to ruin my life. I don't think I, I, I've never met I've, a child who actively wants to ruin someone's life. Right. Right. I mean, I, I've never, I, Maybe, maybe that does exist, but I think there's an explanation for behavior. They're, they're all human behavior has an origin. Right. We don't just wake up 
sad for no reason. We don't wake up ang- uh, happy for no reason. There's a reason why we have those emotions, right? right? So the people, the people who go into this with this, with this closed mentality, this locked down mentality. I'm gonna. I'm, I, this is this child is a bad child, and I need to correct them. I need to fix them. That's it. This is going to be a hard journey for you. Right. <laughs> Hands down, this is going to be a hard journey for Agreed. you. And I think um, it's you be have a to be open for them parenting in general. <laughs> well, totally. Yeah. Because if well, you have and not a just, yeah. that's having a tantrum and you're like, you know, you have no compassion, no empathy that that child can't communicate their needs. And all of a sudden you rush to, they're just being bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're doing this to get at me. And it's like, how did this become about you all of a sudden? like wait a minute hold right on. right it's two-year-old like let's rethink this um and I yeah that yeah a lot of the the interaction um maturity openness but that openness i think comes with maturity compassion empathy if you don't normally have a and i have <laughs> i've been accused of compassion deficit disorder toward adults um i have a lot of patience with children but then some adults, I'm just like, come on. <laughs> and people have to stop and remind me and say, okay, chill out. Like, you know, um, right. they're just children in adult bodies that are trying to, and they're reenacting their trauma. You know what I mean? Um, so I have to, even as much exposure as I've had, I have to stop and think this is not about me. This is, this is something else, you know? Right. Um, right. I think that's hard for a lot of people, but yeah, when you when you talk to people, do you automatically say, ask yourself a couple of questions to see if you have the openness? I mean, are there some questions they can ask themselves to say, am I open enough to do this? Like, am I mature enough to parent a child that has needs? You know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I I think anything that you can ask yourself around that idea of, am I open to fill in the blank, you know, um, that's a, that's a healthy, that's a healthy perspective to have. Um, because it's not that you want to go into this with naivety. You don't want to go in naively to this, right? You, you want to, and you, you also don't want to go in with your heckles up, right? You don't want to go in on defense. I think you, you need to go in wisely, um, asking yourself, do I understand how trauma, how childhood trauma plays out in a child's life? Uh, do I understand how, what drug and alcohol exposure has, has done to this child? Am I open to learning and growing as a person so that I can provide the best care possible for this child? Because at the end of the day, everything I do, everything you do, um, you know, our goal in the Honesty Adoption Company is to help parents become the best parent possible hands down. That's a value that we repeat to ourselves on our team over and over and over again. And I think the way that that begins is by saying to a parent, listen, this is going to be hard. Um, but it, just about everything that's beautiful, that, that has a beautiful um, storyline to it is going to be hard. Agreed. Right? Agreed. It, there's just nothing that's, a, there's nothing that's a, that's a cakewalk, you know? Yeah, um, and if it and if there is something, if somebody's telling me something's a cakewalk, I have questions. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I have some questions, you know, on what up. this is really Wait all about, minute. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 
you know, I, I line and Disney World is hard. <laughs> yes, my goodness, maddening. maddening oh my gosh, yeah, say. on the yeah. surface of the sun if you're in Orlando. Um, yeah. So yeah. this has been really eye-opening for I think a lot of people that are just thinking about it. I will tell you that when they get into Adoption University and they start going through the resources. They first find out all the options that they have for adoption. And if they're thinking and considering about adopting in general, we're like, you've got to go listen to these classes. You've got to go read this book. You've got to get all the resources to equip yourself the same way that biological parents get what to expect when you're expecting. Um, mm -hmm. They do all the research. They pick up the parenting books long before they're going to need them. But they're, you know, they're taking it all in and making it judgments and making conversations making decisions all along the way. So you guys are the top of our list once they have gotten into our program and they are saying, okay, we're thinking about this. I love offering resources like you guys, your books, your podcast. What are some other resources that they can get from you um, to find out and do this research before they make that next move? Yeah, we actually just developed a resource uh, about six months ago or so um, called Trauma Knowledge 101. And what it is, it's a video teaching from Kristen. It's about an 18 minute video teaching that really gives the basics on trauma and also practical ways you can respond that build trust and connection and attachment. Um, and it also comes with a, a PDF download. Um, and you can find that by visiting honestlyadoption.com slash get trauma 101. Okay. So is that a singular, yeah. that's a singular class. Are there, y'all have, I know y'all have classes ongoing sometimes. Mm -hmm. So yeah. they find all of that. Once they go to your site, will they be able to sign up and get things in their inbox about the next upcoming class? Um, and yes. decide whether that's something that they need to watch being pre-adoptive. So is it pretty descriptive about yeah, yeah. this is good for the pre-adoptive parent or this is good for the parent already of a teenager? Like, yeah. how, how do yeah. they figure that out? You know, we, one of the things that we do is we, we try to keep things as middle of the road as possible. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll often create resources and we may put a caveat on it. Like, I know that this sounds like we're talking to parents of younger children, but here's how it applies if you're parenting a teenager. Right. So we do that often and that, that video teaching from Kristen, um, she does that, but then we also have, um, it's interesting because our, uh, our education site is called Honestly Adoption University, um, <laughs> which is really interesting to me that you guys, yeah, it's like we're, we're definitely running in, the, running in the same lane, which is really cool. Yeah. But over in our in our university, which you can find at honestlyadoption.com forward slash university, there are um, we have we have uh, individual training webinars that you can you can purchase. Okay. One of those webinars, probably the most important one, is our webinar entitled uh, Understanding uh, Trauma. I'm trying to think of the name off the top of my head because I don't have it in front of me. Understanding Trauma, Disrupted Attachment and How to Manage aggressive, defiant, and disrespectful behaviors. Oh, wow. And that's a four-hour training class that we, we offer. Can you cover all that in four hours? <laughs> well, we, we did. I can that's tell you, lot. we actually did. Wow, that's <laughs> so, incredible. Yeah. And then, of course, one, one last resource I would, I would tag on to that is we have a full-length online course called Trauma Knowledge Masterclass, 
okay. which is uh, 30, I think 20, 30 teaching sessions, um, six modules, um, but we only open that up publicly once a year okay. because not only do we offer that course, but we also, there's a whole community support community built around that. Right. But if people are interested, you know, obviously this is not, uh, you guys are public, this podcast is public, but um, it, you, it's something that we could easily say, hey, you know what, listeners of your show, we can give you guys access to that. Um, and those, everything but the trauma, uh, trauma Knowledge 101 are paid resources. So Trauma Knowledge 101 is the 100% the, the free resource that you can download the 18 minute video with Kristen but the webinar and the course are both paid resources. So yeah, no, that's great. Um, we do the same thing. So we have um, some introductory courses that are free. We want to make sure that people have some basic knowledge. And then if they want to delve into it and they want more information, then they go in and make a donation. As a nonprofit, you understand and I understand that in order to create a university and to provide all these resources, like it does, it's not uh, inexpensive to yeah. write a book or create videos or <laughs> do no, anything. No, no. We have yeah. to, to make sure that our parents are as informed as possible. Um, but sure. it, it's so important. And I'm so thankful to you guys for the resources that you offer. We will make sure that we have links inside of Adoption University. And I'll talk to you more after this about how we can better serve our families through you guys. Um, we'll keep everybody connected and I look forward to having another conversation with you guys soon. Hopefully um, we can add on some more questions, but I know we're out of time today. So thank you so much for all that you do for children and for the adoptive parents that are going to help them. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. You have a great day. Join us for a life-changing experience. Just go to AdoptionDiscovery.org today for more information about how to make your adoption easier. Join like-minded people and learn about new and innovative ways to adopt. We look forward to celebrating adoption with you. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And please, share Adoption Discovery with everyone you know.